0: Hello, and welcome to Great Ridge Station, a place to sit back and relax while waiting for your train to board. I'm your host, Sam Helgerson, and I'm pretty much a fixture around these parts. The goal here at the depot is to help you strengthen your own practice of leadership, no matter where you serve. Every episode will give you not only the background theory, but some practical tools that you can use right away. Great Ridge Station is a service of Great Ridge Group, LLC. Thanks for stopping in on your way through. Season 1, Episode 19 If you were ever a kid, you probably heard a story that started out with the phrase, Once upon a time. Now, because of my high geek factor, I had to learn a little bit more about that phrase. It's used in a lot of cultures around the world, something really similar to that. A few of them directly translate to once upon a time, but a lot of them translate to something like, Very long ago and very far away. Which, of course, brings to mind the Star Wars tagline, A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Oh, well I hope that's not copyright violation. I didn't really mean it to be that way. I just thought it was worth pointing out. So anyway, the phrase, once upon a time, in English, dates to about the mid-1300s. That's a long time. It's kind of a stock beginning for a moral teaching tale. The tale may be populated by all sorts of magical creatures, but the overall effect is pretty comforting because you know that any story that begins with once upon a time will end with, say it with me, and they lived happily ever after. Now those nicely packaged stories for children probably shape the way you think about challenges and difficulties in your own life, whether you think they impacted you or not. Well, it's time for a reality check. This may not have occurred to you, but things don't always turn out happily ever after. We all hope they do, but when those once-upon-a-time moments show up in your life, you don't get to flip to the last page. And no, I'm not being cynical, skeptical, or curmudgeonly. I'm here to remind you of some things that you already know and to help you navigate through uncertainty as a leader. Okay, with all of the appropriate caveats, I need to tell you a story from the Bible. It's from the Jewish scriptures, which Christians refer to as the Old Testament, and it involves a prophet named Daniel. Daniel had had spent most of his life living in exile away from his home turf. He'd been taken from Jerusalem when he was a young man, and he was living in Babylon. Babylon. When this story takes place, he's old, probably in his 80s. Now he has both friends and enemies, and some of his enemies uh, kind of set up a bit of a sting operation. They knew that Daniel was faithful to the God of the Jews, and they used that as their opportunity to bring him down. Now stop there for a second. This is instructive. If you are a leader, and Daniel was, You're not going to be able to please everyone. You will make some enemies, and you will have people who just don't like you. And I make the argument a lot that if you don't irritate someone once in a while, you're probably not doing your job. Real leadership is not about popularity. It's about doing the right thing. So, back to Daniel. He found himself in this position of being set over the 120 regional governors. So he's in a place where he was second only to the king. This did not please his detractors. They saw him as a foreigner who was about to run the country. And so they played on the king's ego and got him to make a rule that that, uh, no one could pray to anyone else but the king for 30 days. King Darius was not a bad king, we know something of him from history, but this time, his ego got in his way. And here's where Daniel got in trouble. His regular practice was to pray to the God of Israel three times a day, and he did this. The problem was, thanks to the king's edict, that was now against the law. And his detractors caught him and brought him to the king to face charges. You see, the king was not pleased with this, but his rule could not be changed. The Bible tells us that, and archaeology has backed that up. That was the way the law worked at that time and in that culture. Now, you might remember what happens next. Daniel is going to be sent to the lion's den. That's the penalty for the crime of praying to someone other than King Darius. Now, okay, stop there for a second. I get it that there were cultural things happening that I have no clue about, but really, people were supposed to pray to the king? Darius should have seen this coming, and he should have known himself well enough to realize that he was not in a position to answer prayers. I'm not sure that human nature has changed much in 2,300 years, so I suspect that just like most of us, he let his ego get out of hand. So, back to the story. Daniel gets thrown to the lion's den. Now, another pause here, and this is an important pause. Daniel had no idea what was going to happen next. He couldn't flip forward to the last page and figure out how things were going to turn out. He was in trouble for doing the right thing, and he had no guarantees one way or the other how this was going to shape up. Now, not to give away the ending, but Daniel's story does have a happily ever after. King Darius himself comes to the lion's den in the morning and says, O oh Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Daniel responded, O king, live forever! My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me, because I was found blameless before him, and also before you. O king, I have done no harm. And the king was really overjoyed at all of this. Now here's the lesson for us as leaders. Like Daniel, we have to live our lives in real time. When the pressure is on, when we have people working against us, when we're trying to lead and do the ethical thing... We don't know how it's going to turn out. And it's not helpful or honest to say everything's going to be okay. It might not be okay. When the door to that lion's den is open, Daniel had no guarantee that things were going to work out. He thought he was going to face his death. And he walked into that with no guarantees. Just like you, just like me. A few years back, I had the opportunity to work on a really big, really significant project. And like any big, significant project, there was politics involved. And those are games that I really try not to play. And really, I didn't know how things would work out. I'd taken on the task gladly, but by the time I got about a quarter of the way in, I was having doubts. Nothing major, you know, just doubts like, would the political factions have me for dinner? Do I have the support I need to succeed? Am I favorite, am I even capable of doing this? It was brutal, and it went on for months. And now years later, I can look in the rearview mirror and say, yeah, you know, there were pieces of that project that failed, but overall, it was done right, done the right way, and it was successful. I learned years ago in one of my first consulting jobs that when a project is finally finished, you still have to live with yourself. I was thankful that I'd already learned that lesson and decided to do this in the right way. The project finished successfully, and I'm really grateful, but I never want to go through that again. But to get to the point of living and leading in real time, I need to share another story. This one was a disastrous failure, and it had real repercussions for me. I was working on a team project for a company, and we had put months of effort on a particular initiative. Now, this is one of those mind-numbingly complex problems, and we found ourselves in an odd situation, waiting for critical material from the legal team. Now, I wasn't in a leadership role for this one, but as things started to play out, I began to recognize an uncomfortable pattern developing. We were waiting for information, and the information we were waiting on wouldn't be available to us until the project was done and we could provide the numbers that the legal team needed. So we found ourselves stuck in an infinite loop of dependencies. The information we had to provide them would only be available to us after they had provided the information that we needed. Huh. It was an absolute mess, and the same scenario played out across several teams. It was like this magical death spiral. I was part of a department of 43 people, and senior leadership got so frustrated that rather than leading through the crisis, they simply cut all of the teams that suffered from this problem. So over the course of a few weeks, the department went from 43 people down to 3. And no, there was no happily ever after. I was not one of the three. I got a written thank you note from my boss, thanking me for my attitude and professionalism, but guess what? That doesn't pay the bills. See, no one can promise you, when you find yourself at the start of a a once-upon-a-time story, that everything's going to work out well. We all live upon a time, in real time, and we don't get to look ahead. Victories and failures both happen in real time. When i was in high school i remember hearing the winston churchill speech to britain during world war ii the battle of france was over and the battle of britain was about to begin and churchill gave this speech this is in the public domain courtesy of archive.org but i want you to actually hear it
1: what general vagon has called the battle of france is over the battle of britain is about to begin upon this battle depends the survival of Christian civilization. Upon it depends our own British life and the long continuity of our institutions and our empire. The whole fury and might of the enemy must very soon be turned on us. Hitler knows that he will have to break us in this island or lose the war. If we can stand up to him, all Europe may be freed and the life of the world may move forward into broad, sunlit uplands. But if we fail, then the whole world, including the United States, including all that we have known and cared for, will sink into the abyss of a new dark age made more sinister and perhaps more protracted by the lights of perverted science. Let us therefore brace ourselves to our duty, and so bear ourselves that if the British Empire and its Commonwealth last for a thousand years, men will still say, this was their finest hour.
0: I had a friend in high school, he's uh, kind of a history buff, and we used to joke about that last line, This was the final hour. I mean, finest hour. Okay, we were just snarky punk kids, but there was some truth in our snarkiness. Churchill, like all leaders, had no guarantee that things would turn out well. But that didn't mean that the goal was not worth pursuing. So, if I may, let me challenge you with this, Leader. Be willing to step up and do the right thing, even if it is difficult, and even if you fail. It's better to fail pursuing a noble cause than to aim for nothing and succeed. Do the difficult, pursue the noble goal, and do it even though you don't know the outcome. Just like Daniel, just like Winston Churchill, Nelson Mandela, Rosa Parks, Neil Armstrong, Grace Hopper, Martin Luther, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., they had no certainty that things would turn out well, either for them or for the people that they served. The same is true for your own life. To steal a quote from Rear Admiral Grace Hopper, a ship is safe in harbor, but that is not what ships are made for. Now, go and lead boldly. Now, if Great Ridge Station is helpful, follow me on Twitter, at LJ Helgerson, and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues and ask them to subscribe. Hey, give us a recommendation, a comment. We'd appreciate it. Now, if you're with a business, a government entity, nonprofit, and are looking to provide some developmental seminars for your employees, we can do that. Any of the topics covered here can be turned into interactive seminar sessions, and we can customize them for for your business, for your industry, and the opportunities that you face. And we look forward to hearing from you. Oh, and one more thing, and they lived happily ever after. Thanks for joining us at Great Ridge Station. As the train boards and rolls on to its next destination, we hope you found your time here helpful. Consider what you've learned and what strategies and practices you can implement right now. If you have leadership questions that you'd like us to address, we'd love to hear from you and you can find the questions link on our show page. We can't answer everything, but we'll watch for themes and big picture questions and get to as many as we can. All content is developed by Dr. Sam Helgerson with appropriate citations of outside sources. Our sound engineer is Brick Martin. All background and bumper media is in the public domain and retrieved from archive.org. The opening music is from Guy Lombardo, Down by the River. The closing music is from Annunzio Montavani, Skyscraper Fantasy. Limited opportunities are available for supporting sponsorships. Contact information is available on our show page. I'm already looking forward to your next visit to Great Ridge Station. Bye-bye.